Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Praise God. All right, you may be seated. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I never have got into, you know, I know most people, they say the Holy Spirit. There's something that I just like calling it the Holy Ghost. You know, it's something about, I don't know. Not that it makes too much difference. It's just some, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, all right, we have asked Brother Steve Clemson to be our teacher tonight. We're going to ask him to come at this time. Amen. You know, it must be a, it's got to be a real blessing, right, and a real honor to have your mother listen to you teach the Word of the Lord. That's got to be just tip-top on the list. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's good to have mom here. Amen. And uh, it's good to have you here. It's good to have everybody here. Going to talk, do a lesson tonight on uh, seven keys to growing your faith. How many would like to have more faith? Would you like to know how to use your faith? We're going to talk about that. So we come to the Lord. The Lord has given every man a measure of faith, the scripture says. And what you do with that measure of faith depends on how you impact your world around you and your relationship with the Lord. So if you believe, you have to believe in the Lord to come to God. He that believes in God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, right? That's out of Hebrews. And we have to believe in the Lord. But there's a difference. Faith is a component of three things. A component of belief, faith, and trust. And trusting in the Lord once you believe, once you have faith, trusting in the Lord is that next step. And we're going we're gonna to talk about growth. And you could put that first slide up, if you will. We're going we're gonna to give you some slides. I hope you can see it. Yeah, can you read it? Okay. So I'm going to read just a little bit before Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them authority. Now, when he called the 12 and gave them authority, he knew that they were going to die. And he knew the church would go on. He knew that you and I would be a part of the church on this Wednesday night. So the same, it, it, it's reasoning in God's rationale that we... When he anointed them with authority, he gave us authority. You have the authority because he gave them the authority. One of the apostles asked him in one scripture, 
It's written in Luke. He said, are you saying this to us or are you saying it to everyone? And Jesus went on talking about what he was talking about and then stopped at the end of that, what we have as a chapter. And Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to all. So when he said that, what he's saying is everything that Jesus said is for you and me. Okay. Now, there's some things he said specifically in the first century that applied to them, although we can apply it to us spiritually. But everything he said, we can take it as an application. We could take it for our growth and understanding. And so Jesus summoned them and gave them authority. We have authority. Well, what do we have authority for? Okay, we have authority. We have authority over a few things. And in Matthew 10, it says that Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits, over demons, to cast them out. And to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. This is a part of the authority that God gives believers. Have you ever read chapter 16 of Mark? Starting in verse 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe, that have faith. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And so forth and so on. They will go forth and have signs following. The believers have signs following. Real believers, true believers have signs following them. Jesus said, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven has come near or is at hand. And, or is at hand. Has come near or is at hand means the same thing. So in our language today, we would say has come near you or is close to you. In biblical language, they would say is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So God has given us the authority if we believe and trust and have faith in him to do these works. So you run into somebody at work or someone you know that is sick, you can actually take that authority because you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And because you believe his word, you can pray for them and that authority will come from the Lord Jesus Christ and will heal their body. But how does that work? Well, there's some things that we're going to learn about. But first of all, we have to understand that the, the keys to growing our faith is to understand the word of God and to understand what he's given to you. What do I have? You have great faith and great authority. All right? I don't know about your trust. I don't know how much you trust the Lord. I was in a Safeway one time down in Arizona, and the Lord spoke to me. I was checking out at the Safeway, bought something. I forget what it was. wasn't important, I guess. There was a man there with a big old goiter on his neck. 
the Lord says, you go pray for him. He was right at the front, you know, sitting where they had some seats at the front. The Lord said, go pray for this man. So I'm like, well, okay. So I checked out, and I went over to the man. Uh, he was an elderly man. Um, and I said, the Lord told me to pray for you. Do you mind if I pray, lay hands on you and pray for you? He said, well, I've already prayed today. And I said, that's good. You believe in God. Well, he told me to pray for you. So I put my hand right on that goiter. <laughs> now, that's trust. Right? I believe in God. I believe he told me to do something. I have faith in God. I believe he told me to do something. Now I'm trusting him. I'm making effort. I'm taking my faith and begin beginning to trust. Trust is an action verb that I'm going out and I'm beginning to do something with what he has given to me. So I pray and the man's goiter goes down. And I walk out of there because I did everything the Lord told me to do. It's like Peter in the third chapter of the book of Acts. John and Peter were by the beautiful gate. And at the beautiful gate, there was a man that said, can you give me some alms, some, some money? I'm, I'm been lame. He's, he was lame. And Peter and John said, look on us. Silver and gold, we don't have. But what we do have, we can give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Well, a lot of good that would have done if they hadn't have trusted the Lord. When they trusted the Lord, Peter reached down, grabbed the man by the hand, and jerked him up. That's trust, you see. Faith is that I got faith God will do it. That's, comfortable. That's a comfortable place. You know, we haven't put ourselves out there. Right? Believing, oh yeah, I believe the Lord's going to do it. So I'm going to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. But trusting the Lord is reaching down, grabbing the lame man's hand and jerking him up. And as he jerked, he lifted him up with his hand, the man's feet and ankle bones received strength at that time. So the Lord confirmed with a sign, and because through his name, the trust that Peter had in him, and he was healed immediately. And that's how it works. That's how it works every time. You have to trust the Lord and to believe him. So let's go to the next slide. It, we're talking about growing. So miracles come from God. They don't come through from us. We don't do the miracle. God does these things. But God uses connections. He uses you and me. If we believe, we can be that connection. But we have to step out by faith and believe and trust when we ask. That's what we have to do. So Jesus said, freely as you have received, freely give. He's given to us these things. Each one of you has these things. And um, the first time I met a person that was demon possessed it kind of I could tell there was something wrong with him uh, but it, it kind of scared me and uh, I just went into action 
I don't know where it came from. It had to come from the Lord. I just trusted him and believed in him and just prayed in the name of Jesus, come out, and that thing came out. It came out. It, it was a fight with them, not with me. I just was praying in Jesus' name, and that thing caused the person to roll around on the floor and, and foam at the mouth, and she was trying to choke itself, their self, and then I just kept saying, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out in Jesus' name, come out. And I kept saying it over and over and over till that thing came out and took off to the next county. Gone. Right? So you don't, you don't know the power that God has invested in you until you get out to use it. You have to use it. You've got power. You've got power with God. All of us do. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to, to use the faith that he gave us. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. So the more that you use your faith, the more it will be given to you. The more trust and the more faith you have, you say, well, for you, it seems pretty easy. Yeah, well, I started like with nothing. I started just with believing I started with having faith and believing, then realizing that as I entered the trust zone, that's kind of the scary zone, that, look, this may not work. Then I realized that it's not me that's doing it. I can't heal anybody. This one woman came in uh, down in Arizona and uh, in Green Valley, and she had a back problem. We was at a nursing home. She had a back problem. She was there in rehab. And I said, would you like the Lord, uh, would you like the Lord to heal you? She said, I sure would. It'd be so great if the Lord would heal me. And I said, well, would you like me to pray? The Lord has used me in, in healing backs. She looked me up and down from the, my feet. She looked down at my feet and then she looked all the way up and she said, I don't think you could do anything. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am, that's exactly right. I can't. But I know somebody who can. Would you let me pray for you? And I'm going to touch you on the head. And when I touch you, God's going to heal you. That's trust. That's trust in God. That's faith in God. Affirming the positive and believing God. Now, if it didn't happen, it's not my fault. It's his fault. I just obey. I can't. She's right. I can't do anything. It's Christ that does all this. So just reached out and touched her, and she wasn't there anymore, obviously. She was healed. So um, it's okay what people think. Let them think what they think. Who cares? Next slide. Understanding your anointing. Matthew eight twenty eight. And when Jesus had come to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, Two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out saying, what business do, do you have with us, son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? Next slide. We must understand the spirit that is within us, the Holy Ghost. Now, you can call it the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. The accurate, so the Greek says Holy Spirit. 
the old English says Holy Ghost, or, or more like this, Holy Ghost, okay? But in the Greek, it's Holy Spirit, right? It's what it means. It means the same. Like Pastor said, it really doesn't matter. He just prefers it. And we prefer it because we've heard it over and over and over and over. But it means the same thing. So the spirit that dwells in us is the spirit that created the world. Okay? So the anointing that God gives us causes every demon to tremble. They know us. We leave here, we're like light bulbs in a dark world. You don't realize it, but you leave here, you're full of the Holy Ghost, you've sung the songs of Zion, you've heard the ministry of the Word of God, you've, you've applied it, you've prayed and cried in the altars, you leave here, you get in your car, and your, your whole cab of your car lights up even in the daytime, brighter than the sun, if you could see it on a spiritual level. And the old devil sitting up there on the hill, he's looking out there at his kingdom of the world, and he's going, whoa, look at all them lights coming out of there. And he sees us just spread like, whew. I was listening to uh, a Catholic guy today. It's not my usual custom to listen to Catholics. But he was given a report that Latin America, this is from Mexico all the way to uh, Tierra del Fuego, I mean, knows where Tierra del Fuego is. All right. That's at the tip of South America, Argentina, Chile, way down there. Tierra del Fuego, what's that mean? Land of the fire. Why? There's volcanoes down there. That's why. And he said, in, for many centuries, the Catholics was, the, the Latins were Catholics across Latin America. But he said, no more. No more. He said, now, the Latin people have become Pentecostals. The majority religion in Latin America is Pentecostals, and they're worried about it. Think about that. Why is that? They say, well, that's because they're preaching a prosperity doctrine. No, it isn't. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that is touching and changing people's lives. We just looked at uh, Brother Sponsler, and he was in Colombia. They, rent, they rented a stadium to have a conference in, like a soccer, football stadium, soccer stadium. Brazil, which had most of the Catholics, the, the, the country with the most Catholics in the world, has now tipped over to the most Pentecostals and less Catholics. Is that amazing? So it's the anointing 
of the power of God, if we understood what God did to us, what God did in us, and what's sitting inside of you, you could go forth and you could do great and mighty things. That's why Jesus said, "Greater." you think these miracles are great? Greater things than these will you do. Jesus was trying to get us to understand that the anointing within us, that if we'll mix it with our faith and trust in him and belief in him, we can go forth and do great works for him. All right? In Acts 1 and 8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit or the Holy Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. So when the Holy Ghost comes upon us or the Holy Spirit, we will have power to become witnesses. He gives us the power and uh, we rely on him. That's why it's important to be full of the Holy Ghost, by the way. So the next slide. Peter, along with John, and we talked about this already, about the, the man at the beautiful gate. And maybe someday I'll bring up picture i got a great picture of the beautiful gate on the eastern wall uh taken from gethsemane uh when we were in israel and uh the man there's a bunch of stairs right there so the man there there was stairs they were at the bottom of the stairs and he went up those stairs just running up those the first time he ever walked in his life but this was because of their faith and their trust in god So understand, if we understand our anointing. Next slide, please. The anointing, if we respect it, will grow in us. But we have to respect the anointing. We have to understand we're not, we're not denominal Christians. We're not Protestants. We're the stomp. We're the original church. We believe the original. We didn't denominate down from no religion. We are the stump. We're the apostolic church as it started in the beginning. So the anointing we have, if we respect that spirit of God in us, that spirit of God in us will go through us and do a great work out through us. The anointing we receive is to minister to others. He said, you shall receive power to be witnesses. It's all about ministry. He said, well, is it, do, do, does that mean i got to stand up here? No. Minister, you know the greatest ministry is when I'm out talking to somebody at work or I'm talking to somebody at a store or I'm talking to somebody that I meet and I, I hear their need and I, I just kick into gear, you know, four-wheeled Holy Ghost drive. And I kick in and I I start sensing in the spirit. The spirit starts talking to to me and saying things. And they start feeling something inside. And that's, that's ministry. That's what ministry is. And we all have it. We all have it. We all have that calling. We all have that spirit. So understand your anointing. That's, that's a key to building faith. There's a special anointing for special times. Treasure every time God does something unique in your life. 
These are, these are keys. Treasure every time God does something special in your life. Treasure it. Pray over it. Talk to God about it. Tell him, I, I just really appreciate what you did at that time. We, we just had a good time, you and I, and we were there, and we did this and that. And talk to him about it and say, Lord, you know, I really would like to see more of that. And look out. He'll open the door. Next slide. So in understanding my anointing, the anointing will break the yoke that Satan puts on, on us. That's why it's important to have the, the spirit. The yoke enslaves us to bad habits and to carnal ways and to natural ways of the world. That's what Satan does. He puts a yoke on us. Pretty soon, we're, we're, you couldn't tell us from the world. But we're supposed to be like Jesus. When he walked to the tombs, those demons said, you're the son of God. Wow, they recognized him right away. How many times have you been on the job, somebody starts cussing, and they look at you, and you haven't even talked to them, and they say, I'm sorry. Why is that? There's a light bulb. That's the best way I can explain it. That's my, my analogy, Mr. Lightbulb. So the yoke enslaves us. That's the carnal nature. The yoke enslaves us to bad habits and, our, and problems. And when we have bad habits and problems and we're negative and we don't have faith and we're living in that negative realm and we don't believe and we're always complaining and we're always finding fault, then those, that yoke comes around us, and it hinders us from really doing what God wants us to do. So what we have to do is get rid of the yoke. How do I get rid of the yoke? It's through the Holy Spirit. you got to get full of the Holy Ghost. you got to be full of it. That breaks the yoke off you. It also breaks the yoke of sin. It breaks the yoke of generational curses that have been on a family for generation after generation. You just think back how your family was for generations. And when you got the Holy, Holy Ghost, how it broke that yoke of sin off of the family. And it changed things. It will change things for a family. My wife's mom and dad got baptized, and her sister got baptized. It broke a yoke in her family. Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So it's important to understand in faith, what our anointing does for us. Next slide. We have to understand the key of difference. So you are significant. You're significant. You are special. Because you are different than anyone else. God uses your differences to solve different problems. When you pray and you believe, when you speak out faith, when you take a hold of a problem and see the solution, you're seeing it 
through a different lens that no one else sees it that way. Exactly. So you are, your prayers are so powerful and so special from that particular way God made you. He made you to think the way you think. He made you with the character you have. And when that anointing mixes with you and you understand the key of your difference, it's not a bad thing. You say, well, you know, why, why am I this way? You're this way because God's designed you to approach the problem from a way that most people can't approach it. And you're looking at it from a way that most people don't see it. And you can solve a problem in the kingdom of God for God and in, his, in this world that God can use you. And you will be rewarded by problems. Isn't that amazing? How many thinks of problems as a reward? <laughs> right? But you will be rewarded by problems so you can solve them through prayer and through faith. You know, a lot of times you can see things. God gives, gives spiritual gifts. The, the biggest deal with spiritual gifts is that you, you, uh, you saturate the spiritual gifts with prayer. The most important thing with a spiritual gift that God gives you, especially the gift of suspicion, Say, well, you know, I suspect there's such and such and so and so going on there, right? The gift of suspicion will be tempered by the anointing of the Spirit. These are keys to faith. Say, well, I got faith. I'm just going to go tell them what I think. That's not what the faith is for. The faith is to put in contact with God till there's a little bit of you and a lot of God where you can have your difference being a different person, but there's a lot of God that you've connected with. And the more you get of God, the less you become con condemnation to others and more faith building to others. And you begin to roll out that faith and trust in God. And you see how the differences start to work. This is what Paul was working on in Corinthians chapter 12, in Corinthians chapter 14. He was talking about the body and how it works together. You're not lopping off fingers and you're not lopping off arms and ears and noses. I mean, I would just be in, in pain all the time if I was doing that to myself, right? So the church has got to be a loving, unified body full of faith. And strength. So he gave the gifts to the people to edify. So they're mainly an edification tool to build us up so that we can go out and do what we need to do. So the first thing we got to understand is that there has to be a lot of prayer involved. Amen. So that's next slide. Next key is a strong mind. If you if you win, win in your mind, you will win in life. Pastor talks about climbing the mountain. That's a mental challenge. You say, well, no, well, he had to be fit. Yeah, but the real challenge was up here. It's six inches from ear to ear. You got to get it here. You got to really be willing to do that right here. 
because the challenge is, is so immense and the pain is so severe. And the nausea is, you know, you're just sick. And you, but you gotta, you, you, if you don't have it here and you don't have the win and the faith and the belief and the trust that you can do it and get through it, you won't do it. You'll be afraid. Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He had a strong mind. He had a strong mind for the will of God. You read in his statements, my father gave me authority to do this. My father told me to do this. My father commanded me to do this. And I only do what my father says. Now, if I would take, and I'm a failure at this. I'm telling you, I'm a failure. I confess. I need to wait on God more than I act. I'm a trigger puller. You know, just bang, 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 faith, bang, bang. I need to really trust in God and wait till God says, go. But it's easy for me to go and then say, okay, God, hurry up, catch up with me. Right? So in my mind, we need three things. Here's what we got to do. We got to have three things. I've got to focus on the word of God. This is so vital that if we don't, if we don't know this, we're going to get deceived. This is so vital. If we don't know this word, we probably, the chances of making it really going to be slim. You got to know the word. You got to love the word. So when I, when I know there's a promise in here, I can stand on that word and on that promise. Because you know one thing that will never fail? You know what Jesus said? My word will never fail. Never. And if I'm in the word and in the spirit. So the, uh, the second thing is to focus on is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but she's. No, no. Jesus. Yeah, but he's. No, no. Jesus. Yeah, but they. No, no. Jesus, the word in Jesus, this is the focus of a person that walks in faith, walks by faith. They're not looking at people, they're looking at Jesus. <clears throat> then the third thing is to follow instruction. Follow the pastor, his teaching, follow the teaching and the preaching, follow the word of God. There's a lot of instruction in here. There's instruction that we get over the pulpit. So three things, focus on the word, Focus on the Lord Jesus. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the shame or despised the shame and endured the cross and is set down at the right hand of God on high. So we look unto Jesus. We've got to look to Jesus. You know, people get offended because they quit looking at Jesus. They start looking at people. And the devil uses that. The most spiritual people in the world get offended because they quit looking at Jesus because they're listening to what people say. That's the truth. I've been there. I've been offended before. You wouldn't think I have sensitive capabilities. My wife doesn't think I do sometimes, but I really do. I cry to myself. All right. Let's move on. 
quickly. The key of recognition, Deuteronomy 29 and 4. Here's, here's a big key, okay? We got to get this. The children of Israel never got this. Yet to this day, this is Moses saying, to this day the Lord has not given you, like this is after 40 years of walking in the wilderness, he says to these people, to this day God has not given you a heart to know, nor eyes to see, nor ears to hear. I can't imagine. After 40 years of going to church, with Moses being your prophet, I mean, you know, Moses got the tablets from the Lord. You say, was he perfect? No. He broke all Ten Commandments at one time. So he wasn't perfect. I've never broke all ten at once. <laughs> Have you? I doubt it. Just saying. But they didn't have a heart of knowledge. They didn't have eyes to see the path. They were blind. And they wouldn't listen. They were wooden-eared clowns. A bunch of wooden-eared clowns wandering through the desert and complaining at everything that happened to them. That's not faith. Our faith can't grow unless we learn to see, we learn to hear and listen, and we learn to have a heart of knowledge. And that knowledge comes through, the, through prayer and the word of the Lord. So something we are not seeing, the key is recognition. Something we're not seeing or we're not hearing is robbing us of our miracle and of our faith. Every one of us has something that's holding us back because we're not hearing and we're not seeing and we're not understanding. So we have to focus on obeying the word, focus on following the Lord Jesus, follow the instruction and preaching and teaching, and we need to pray and fast so it will help clear our vision and our ears out and our hearts so we gain knowledge. So the key of recognition is vital. I need to see things God's way. I need to recognize I'm missing it. So one of the prayers that I pray every day is, Lord, give me eyes to see. Every morning, this is early in the morning, ears to hear, and a heart that understands. I want to see his glory. I want to hear his voice. And I want to know. I, when something happens, I want to understand what's going on. I don't want to sit there and go, what happened? What just happened? I want to say, I want the Lord to say, this is why that happened. See? The next key is the key of unity. This is huge. This is, this is big. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, Jesus talking, that if two of you agree on earth, my wife and I do this, 
we will agree in prayer on things. We'll be driving in the car or just in the house. We will agree on one thing in prayer together because of this scripture. It's a promise in the word. We stand on this. And when we pray, pastor had us pray. And when we prayed as a congregation, God heard that prayer. And God begins to, uh, to do uh, work and miracles and wonders because we pray because of our unity. Our unity is amazing. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything. Now that's what Jesus said. I didn't write this. It's what he said. If two of you agree as about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. So now Jesus is here. He's standing here. He's looking at us. He's listening to us. The invisible God is here. He's watching what we're doing. Yeah, he caught this too. Yeah, Everything. For where two or three are gathered Satan fears unity because it's a key to miracles. It's a key to faith. It's a key to salvation. It's a key to answered prayer. You want your prayers answered? Get in unity with someone and say, pray with me. Pray with me in Jesus' name. And when you invoke the name of Jesus over that prayer, you're invoking the very creator of heaven and he's there with you wherever two or three agree and gather. He's in the midst. So, you know, don't be, don't be stirring up a fight at that time because he'll be there, you know, making notes or something. So key of places. I'm hurrying. Let me hurry. I got to get through this. Key of places. God spoke to Elijah. Go to Zarephath, the miracle of flour and oil. And his, her son was raised from the dead because he went to the certain place. In Acts 1 and 4, what did the Lord tell the apostles and 120 and this, all the disciples to do? Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in this place and wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Spirit. God chooses certain places to provide special power. So be cognizant of the place God wants you to be. The next slide, key of honoring. Honor the Ten Commandments. Honor them. Honor the Ten Commandments. It's important. It's God's word. It's his word. Four of the commandments honor God. Six of the commandments relate to honoring people. Honor God, honor people. It's important. It's good. <clears throat> Do you know that every sin happens because of dishonor? Every sin. Happens because of dishonor. Honor is the ability to see the reward someone, see and reward someone for their good and wisdom that they have. Honoring is seeing the difference because when you honor someone, you reward them. We honor what we honor and who we honor opens the doors to the supernatural. So we honor God, we honor the pastor, we honor the people of the church, our brothers and sisters. 
and it's important that we have this unity and this honor amongst ourselves. Let's honor one another, and God will do wonderful things, and that builds faith. All right, the, the last one. Here it is, <clears throat> number seven, the key of the seed. We've heard a lot about that. As he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. When he goes to bed at night and gets up daily, the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. Words are seeds. Prayers are seeds of obedience. And obedience in itself is seeds. You say, well, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm just not going to obey. Okay. See how that works for you. You don't have to obey. But you're sowing a seed that's going to have a briar patch. And there's going to be thorns. And after a while, you're going to wonder, why have I got all these problems? And it's prickly. And it's, it's not good. Why do I got all these barrel cactus? How many have ever seen a barrel cactus? They don't get real big. But you don't want to hug one. You know? They're not fun to hug. So... The law of the seed means anything sown will produce. Anything. Anything sown will produce. You sow evil, it's going to produce evil. You sow good, it's going to produce good. You sow faith, it's going to produce faith. You sow trust in God, it's going to produce trust in God. So the more I, I get out and I act my faith, I act it. I have faith in God, all right, act your faith. Get out and act it. Act it forth. Show it forth. So inventory our seed, not my need. Inventory the seed, not the need. Take a look at the seed that you're sowing. Don't worry about the need so much as the seed that you're sowing. Just sow. Just be the indiscriminate sower. He was sowing. on the bad ground doesn't matter Jesus called him the sower went out to sow and he just sowed man seed was a flying and that's how we do it everything we do we're sowing seed study what you have not what you need study what you have you've got faith you've got anointing you've got the word of God you've got Jesus you've got a great, a great thing study and focus on that not the need. And just ask the Lord to help you fix the need. You know how I pray it? This is just an example. I'm not perfect. But I say, Lord, fix me. So that I could do what your word says I can do. I need to be fixed. Just like a car. Get in there with the wrench. You know, with the ratchet. Put the grease in there. Change the tire. Get a new muffler on. Uh, just fix, fix me, God, so I can do what your word says I can do. Your word says I, can, I have authority. Fix me so that I can walk in authority. Now the last one is wrap expectation around the seed. 
The man got up every day. What did he do? Looked out at the field. Why? He's expecting it to grow. So expect, somebody said, man, isn't that amazing? I just can't believe it. So what you say is a seed. So when you can't believe it, you've been sowing seeds of negative. Just believe God. I thank God for what he's done. You know, God surprises me all the time. But I never say I don't believe it or I can't believe it because I believe he could do anything. Like Abraham said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Anything? I'm 100. She's 90. We're going to have a kid. And all his friends said, you got to be kidding, Abe. No, no. We're going to have a baby. Is there anything too hard for God? Yeah, but look at Sarah. Let's stand. Lord, help our faith. Help us, Lord, to grow our faith and to nurture our faith and to water our faith. Help our faith to grow in you and our trust. Help us to exercise our trust and act our faith. That when the situation arises, help us not to be afraid to reach out and to pray and to call on your name and ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name, praise God. I thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.